What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And it's a brand new episode of Spread the Dread Podcast. It's week two of finally being back, Joe. Yes, and thank you guys for all of the plays. Numbers are looking fucking good. Yes, yes. Thank you guys and gals and, uh, you know, whatever other gender thing you may identify as for, uh, Giving us a lot of good plays on the... Joe, what was the last episode? Oh my God, Peter Scully. Peter Scully, yes, the No Limits Fun Pedo. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to that insanely fucked up episode. Yeah. That was uh, that was us bringing the dread maybe worse than we've brought it before. Probably. We, we keep on just trumping ourselves, correct? <laughs> I guess, you know, but as much as people... You know, if you want to fucking take pot shots at us... Yeah, go fuck yourself. We ain't, we're not inventing fucking monsters. No, we're just finding it, which yeah. I don't know. Maybe that does make us just as fucked up. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But again, thank you guys and gals and either or neither nors for tuning in and listening and giving us a great week of, of plays for our first week back. And uh, we're rolling right the fuck along, Joe. And for everyone who has already, I mean, obviously, if you're Checking this out even on YouTube or your your podcast platform of choice. You know, today we're talking about Sergei Golovkin, the Fisher of Moscow. And I love talking about fucked up Russians. <laughs> really, anybody that's part favorite. of the, anyone who's part of the Eastern European sect. I've got a, a, a really insensitive accent down pat. That's going to come out a lot during this episode. So I hope y'all enjoy it. But Joe, let's roll right along into the business of everything. If they are new and are are here for the first time, or they're old school dreadheads and they're fucking drunk or high off their asses, remind them again what's the best place to check us out and find us. Spread the dreads. Wow, spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And what are they going to find there, Joe? Uh, our social media links, uh, direct links to the most popular podcast platforms, um, as well as our donation tiers. Um, and a merch store. Yes, and remember, Joe is pregnant again. So if you really want to help <laughs> us out, which we fucking, we we are absolutely all about, <laughs> you're going to want to go to that merch store. Order you a t-shirt and a sticker or two. That's going to give us the most money for it right there. Um, yeah, that's, that's the absolute way to do it since me and Joe decide to have sex like fucking Mormons and not protect ourselves. <laughs> Uh, you know, so there it is. That's the, that's the best way to do it. Um, no podcast promo swap this week. Again, if you're a podcast who dares to have the fucking cojones to align yourself with this shit show, hit us up on IG or Facebook or our email address, which is spread the dread podcast at gmail.com. But I do, Joe, I want to send out a special uh, notification. Yeah. We, we, I, I alluded to her on the last episode, but I didn't have her IG screen name up. Oh, yeah. And that is our Israeli dreadhead. Now, for all of our Muslim <laughs> dreadheads, there may be two or three of you. Don't hate her. We're all in this fucking together, no matter which sky creature we fucking pray to. But uh, I want to give a big shout out to Martina underscore wine underscore house, our our main dreadhead fan from Israel who loves our podcast and said that uh, listening to our podcast makes her feel 
slightly less uh, bad about the fact that she likes to drink a bottle or two or wine per day and take care of her kids. Martina, we get that shit. We are your people. (laughs) Yes, of course, we're dirty Americans from the South. So when we talk about drinking, it's beer and it's booze. Of course, Joe's pregnant right now, so she's got to swear that off, which means... She can't drink for two, which means I'm drinking for three. Uh, but Martina, we 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 thank you so much for being a big fan. And yes, and thank you for the nice message. It was very well received. Yes, and be sure to take your cell phone to the Wailing Wall next time you're out there and spread the dread to all the the curly Q Jew people that are out there fucking praying. Don't do that. Hey. Hey, you know what, Martina? You know what the fuck we mean. But but yeah, I want to give a big shout out to Martina underscore a wine underscore house. She's our fucking Israeli dreadhead of the week. <clears throat> there goes, I had to cough. I had to clear that out. If you heard it, I don't give a fuck. Uh, this isn't, uh, you know, we ain't got, if you guys bought more t-shirts, we could afford to edit that out. But since you don't, <laughs> deal fucking with it. But um, is, is that it, Joe? Yeah, that's it, dude. I mean, we covered the website. We covered uh, the, the email outs. address and shout outs. Again, if you're a podcast who wants to advertise, let us know. You know, hit us up on IG or Facebook, but we ain't got one of those this week. So I think the best thing to do, Joe, is let's let's get right into the fucking episode. Absolutely. You ready to do this? Yes, fuck yeah. All right, then let's get into the episode for this week, Mr. Sergey Golovkin. The Fisher of Moscow. Joe, like we always do it, I'm going to pass it right <laughs> over to you for that beautiful bio that you do so well. Thank you, thank you. So, Golovkin, he was born November 26, 1959 in Moscow, Soviet Union. He died August 2nd, 1996 in Moscow, Russia. He was age 36 and his execution was via shooting and the last person to be actually executed in Russia before the abol... Uh, how do you say that? Is it abolition? Ab- abolition. Okay, okay. I was making sure. Abolition of capital punishment. Joe, let's dive into the background of Sergei Golovkin. Okay, so obviously we've already covered that, you know, he was born in 59 while Moscow was still under Soviet Union. Um, well, so the, the Soviet Union was actually still a thing. Right. Um, but like many people in the Soviet Union during this time, the details are actually really sparse about his background and his childhood. Yes. I, uh, I mean, maybe we've had some people that fell in, between, in this time. If not... I know for a fact coming up, and I'm not saying next week because actually the week after this, we're going to celebrate Black History Month here in America, (laughs) and we're giving you four weeks of the most notorious Black slash African American serial killers just to prove to our non-white fans that even though the percentages might not weigh the same Oh, you black people are just as fucked up as the rest of us. (laughs) And we're going to celebrate February with you in true dreadful fashion. But we've definitely got some some ruskies <laughs> for uh, later down the line that would have fell into the uh, the USSR time frame. But yeah, there's not a lot of, of record keeping. Maybe it was kept and it didn't 
uh, it didn't come past the fall of the Berlin Wall, or maybe they just that weren't. That makes sense, because, you know, you have certain, you know, government bodies that tend to right. kind of dissolve once things kind of switch hands. So Right, but, you know, it, but in the case sense. of this week's subject, Sergey Golovkin, like <coughs> Joe said, yeah, there's just... The details are sparse, but but go ahead, Joe, with what we were able to dig up on yeah, this guy. Yeah, so we could at least decipher that he was raised by both parents. We couldn't find their names. No. But we know that his father was a severe alcoholic and a, a recreational drug user. Now, that's not just an assumption because he was a USSR Ruski. <laughs> that is out there. That his, you know, it's crazy. I pulled up a few different articles. Apart, from, I had a couple of American ones, and there was a few different uh, uh, Eastern European sites, even that you know I went through Google Translate to find. And it was crazy; they didn't have names of the parents, but there was at least two or more that was like, "Yeah, we don't know his name, but his dad really, really loved the vodka and recreational drugs." I don't know what drugs they were. But they specifically mentioned. I mean, drugs. I think I think the Russians do it the same though. Is that at least we? It's possibility that uh, Alexandrovich was his mother's maiden, and obviously his father's last name was Golo- uh, Golovkin. So, but that's Possibly. about as yeah. That that's about as much as you can assume. Yeah, but again, this was behind the Iron Curtain, the Iron Wall. This is before yeah. Reagan uh, c- cleared up for a second and went tear tear down this wall and you know so before he decided to tear down the wall uh golovkin's parents were tearing down him as a human being through yeah. their alcoholism and drug use yeah and both of his parents would actually physically beat sergey so sergey excuse me uh, so by all accounts none of this was apparent to friends of the family who thought his parents were very strict but ordinary parents and this, and is, this is obvious because yes. of the times because you keep your shit behind closed doors there's a lot of child abuse and child neglect and child sexual abuse that happened way back in the day but you could keep it under much more of a under wraps you know yes and, and that's very indicative of this time frame because again we're saying you know, he was born in 59 mm. so we're talking 59 to 72 73 you do the same thing with some of the serial killers in America yeah. that we've covered in that time frame. And again, not everybody knew what was going on at home. You were putting on airs. And again, that just lets you know people are people. It doesn't matter if, you know, you want to have a Salisbury steak TV dinner and your counterpart wants to have fucking boiled turnips <laughs> and fucking, you know, talk about how great of a guy fucking Lennon was. <laughs> it doesn't matter. People are fucking people. And it's certainly during this time where we're, we're coming off of that post-World War II era, but we're, we still have a lot of the privacy. Where now, historically, we find out about what was seeping through, but back then, their friends and family didn't know. You know, they were taking them at their word, what you saw out in public. And, you know, like, we, like Joe just said, you know, Sergei's mother and father, very physically and mentally abusive to Sergey, which surprise, surprise, led him to be a serial killer. You, you don't believe that? I don't know. Go and review every goddamn other episode of a serial killer we've fucking covered. But to 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 your your status quo, your John Doe's and your Jane Doe's, and I don't know what they would call that in in Russia. You know, I don't know your fucking Vlados and Vladovita Doe's. 
whatever, they just, they had no idea, Joe, what was actually going on uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. So, um, also on top of this, uh, Sergi was actually, Sergey. God damn, I'm going to fuck his name up all night. You're pronouncing it Sergey, but I've spelled it every know, time with a G. Sergey. It's Sergey. I know. Sergey. I just don't have a tongue. I don't have the tongue for it. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, you probably okay. helped train Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. You know, it was the Sir, style of the time. Sergey was born with a birth defect, actually, in his sternum that resulted in cron- ba- bra- ba- bouts of bronchitis and indigestion. Yeah. So that's interesting. So he has. Why is that interesting? Because you, you know you got the nursing background. You're in school right now. Why is that interesting? Oh, I actually found it more interesting on the mental aspect of it, of like just a frustration of parent with a chronically ill uh, ill child. But instead of handling it in a positive manner, they let the alcoholism and their drug use create frustration in a physical form. Do you think that they were kind of constantly let down at the weakness of Sergey? I mean, I, 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 I don't think that it goes that depth. I think that honestly, like you're I would talking say about, it does. you're talking about the neurological damage that alcoholism and drug use actually has on the human brain. I think it just made it, it just made their fuses shorter. I think that's all it was. Just, just frustrated with dealing with this thing. Yeah, yeah, and and at and alcohol and drugs that they, they make your fuse that much shorter. So fair play. Yeah, so that's all I'm meaning about it. But okay. as for his sternum um, and chronic bouts of bronchitis, usually when your rib cage is constricted more, where you don't have the ability to expand when you take a full, uh, you know, deep uh, respiration that. Sometimes that can lead to, you know, additional bacteria kind of collecting in the bottom really? of your lungs. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's get into Sergey in school, Joe. Okay. Yeah, so while he was actually in school, he was kind of considered a loner. And it it is became kind of noticeable that he had no interest in girls. Classmates actually would remark about Sergey being um, stooped when walking and having bad acne. And that no one really paid attention to him. So he liked being the wallflower because obviously that is a tactic that he probably used at home to decrease the amount of beatings he was getting. And how much, or not just physical, but the emotional, uh, verbal abuse, however you want to put it. He was so trying he to not be, be noticed. noticed. Exactly. Yeah, so he so didn't have to continue. Too. Yeah, so he didn't have to continue having abuse at school too. So yeah, no. Now to add additional an additional layer um, to his situation... Uh, Sergey also suffered from enuresis until the age of 17 and how his parents would treat this fucking issue was by waking him up with cold water and forcing him to take cold water back. Now Joe I want you to stop there because not everyone's going to know what enuresis means so explain that to everybody. Bedwetting. Bedwetting up until he's 17. Yeah so that usually had usually up until a certain age like the bladder can be very um unmature right especially in males and that can happen up until the early teens the fact that it happened up until his 17 until he was 17 it lends more credence that it was more to do with the mental and physical abuse that he was that he was at the hand of now with, with if there was anybody that <laughs> was suffering in in uresis past their early teens uh, as someone again with a bachelor's in psych, mm-hmm. uh, and you are getting a nursing degree, is that is that something to be concerned of? I mean, not necessarily. Um, up until you're a teen, it's kind I mean, of obviously. Normal. Obviously, we know in Sergey Golovkin's case yeah, because of the way it was, case, it yeah. was a concern. Yeah. Because we now know the way his parents was treating him, but. If, if, if you had a random parent you knew nothing about and they're coming in and saying, hey, he's 16, he's still wetting the bed, 
should so I be things, concerned? Yeah, you should be concerned if there was no like actual trauma is because sometimes it means that there is some neurological um synaptic response that's not happening that between okay. so the bladder is not communicating with the central nerve yeah the central nervous okay. system and waking this person up to while the urinate. Yeah, yeah. So while they're asleep. So essentially, yeah, you would want to take somebody to the doctor once they've kind of gone through puberty and they're still having this issue because it's neurological at that point. Not to say that it's, you know, life-threatening neurological disorder, but there is a neurological disorder there and it can be medicated and it can be treated. Well, the funny thing is, is that a lot of some of your most prolific serial killers, Mm -hmm. you know this as well as I, Mm -hmm. Uh, suffer with enuresis well into their late teens. Yes, and it's usually indicative of some form of trauma. Some form of trauma, but then there's also, uh, whether you want to point it towards trauma or not, now there's most cases you can clearly direct it towards trauma, uh, but in some other cases, it could if, if it's not being treated, i.e. you have parents who are simply punishing them oh, for the, the act factor. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're kind of ignoring it. it it does a lot to the self-esteem mm-hmm. of the person yep. um and, and and that can that can turn loose a whole other goddamn melting yeah. pot of problems absolutely um but yeah so this is something else that sergey had to deal with joe and and uh, he he Sergey actually said he was often afraid the other kids would actually smell the urine on him. Uh, so that was another reason for him to keep his distance. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. Well, no, because it, it really That's is. Fucked. It really is fucked up. And it, and you can tell that you know, and especially a lot of your research has even said is that a lot of the reasons why he tended to smell that way or he was afraid that he would smell that way is that he was really apprehensive about taking baths because every time he had to fucking take one, it was cold and he didn't like that. He didn't enjoy that. He was right, we're talking about, we're talking about We're talking about Russian yeah. cold water baths. I'm not talking about you motherfuckers, Mississippi, Alabama, the Carolinas, like us, Georgia, Florida, or even anyone in South America, Africa, Middle East and stuff like that. Our cold water baths are not the same as a motherfucker having cold water baths in fucking Russia. This shit was like a degree or two off from fucking freezing. Uh, but but again, and then you see with his parents, the cold water baths, it was meant to be cold water. It was meant to, to, it was meant to, to punish shock. Yeah, it was shock shock and the system and stuff. So he's sitting there thinking about that. So, you know, there's another reason to keep his distance. And due to the cold water bath, like Joe said, he would actually avoid bathing on into his adulthood. Now, Joe, at, at, let's talk about Sergey entering his teens, age of 13. Yeah, so uh, Sergey began to exhibit sadistic behaviors that included animal cruelty. Not a good sign, people. No, 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 no. If you've got no. kids that are fucking with animals, fucking, I don't know, listen Taking to every therapy. fucking episode of The Dread prior to this, get them some help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, his, verse, his very first victim was a street cat that he had caught, brought home, hung, and decapitated. Again, not good. Nope, it's a bad sign. Yes. In 82, at the age of 23, Sergey graduated from the Timur... <laughs> Timur... Timur... Yazev Agriculture Society. Timur Yazev Agriculture Academy of Vladimir Putin and Surfing USSR College. After working at the racetrack. Now, here we are. 
Surfing USSR. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. After working at the racetrack, uh, racetrack, Sergey began working as a livestock expert at a stud farm in Moscow. Yeah, and well, and despite his his uh, his proclivities towards animal cruelty, he actually enjoyed working with animals. Yeah, I don't now get that again, one. or I will say again, maybe he it was easy access. Uh, yeah, let's be honest, but again, true. we're limiting our info here. Yeah. But as an adult, he did most of his work with animals. Joe, yeah. go ahead. Um, for his achievements in horse breeding, uh, Sergey actually received a animal sil- husbandry. <laughs> received a silver medal at a BMKH or exhibition of achievements of national economy trade show in 1989. And this would actually be five years after committing his first confirmed murder. Oh, right. So we're, we're going to get into all that. But yeah, uh, he was he was big into helping with horse breeding. So he I, got away. From, he started helping animals and starting fucking with people. I don't know. Maybe he was jerking off horses. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, he, he had received us. a silver medal at the VDNKH, which is... The Russian letters that stood for Exhibition of Achievements in National Economy, Exhibition of Achievements of National Economy Trade Show in 1989, which further lets you guys know in Russia that wanking off a horse was an issue of national economy. He dark off horse, very good. National economy is better for it. Give him metal. Uh, silver metal, not gold metal, unless he actually fuck horse and then gold. Um... But yeah, this would, he was doing this throughout the beginning. So that means that essentially he was 25 years old when he committed his first murder. Yes. Yeah, so now, all right, we, we get the backstory, Joe. Now, let's get on to, uh, to Sergei Golovkin becoming the Fisher of Moscow. So to kick it off, in 84, Golovkin actually committed his first known crime when he attempted to rape and murder a young boy. Ooh. Yeah. Um, he ended up luring this child into the forest and hung the boy from a tree branch. Ooh. He survived because he passed out from the pain and Sergei thought he was dead. Sergei. God damn it. Sergei. It's not surgery. <laughs> I know. It's not surgery, Golovkin. I know, I know. Um, the boy ended up escaping, um, but it's not known if he ever identified Golovkin uh, before his arrest later in life. Right, which leads us into April 1986, two years later, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Golovkin would successfully commit his first murder at yes. this point. The victim was actually 15-year-old Andre Pavlov. Sergei saw Andre near the Katowa railway station in Nekraskov, Moscow Oblast. Um, Sergei ended up approaching the boy and threatened him with a knife. So obviously he did what he was told. Yep. And he ended up leading the boy into a nearby forest where he raped and strangled him to death. Afterwards, Sergei performed necrophilia on Andre's corpse before burying the body in the forest. Yeah, now, now we're getting into some shit here. Yeah, he's... The, the necrophilia aspect of it yeah. is... Uh, uh, yeah, so different level. Yeah, and in I guess he had so much fun. Less than, or relatively two months later, or three months later. Um, yep, July murder, of eighty six. July of eighty six. He would murder again. This time, the victim was twelve years old, and his name was Andre Golyaev. 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 Yes. Um, Andre Golyaev. <laughs> there you go, uh, Sergey. Um, Sergey, goddamn, abducted. 
Sergey Golovkin. I know. It's, it's, I'm, Goddamn. I know. My Yankees You're way more out. cultured than me. I know. My Yankees coming out, though. I keep on wanting to say it, like, pronounce it incorrectly. So, Sergey abducted Andre from the Zyosdini Pioneer Camp. Zyosdini Pioneer Camp near the village of Ugriumov uh, Odintsovo. District. Uh, we're not Russian. If you're listening to this and you're Russian, uh, you know, fucking fix your shit. Uh, but until you fix your shit, this is the way Americans are going to pronounce it. So, yeah, Sergey abducted 12-year-old Andre Goyaev from the Zuzodnir uh, Pioneer Camp near the village of Yugrimovo Odinsovo District. Now, Sergey... Uh, he again, uh, he threatened the boy, on Andre, uh, with a knife and, and took him into the forest. Apparently, Just like the previous one. Apparently, everywhere in Russia is near a forest. <laughs> and if you look at it on a fucking map, that's not hard to just fucking assume. <laughs> it's a big-ass place, and like Siberia makes up half of it, and the woods make up, uh, I don't know, Probably a 20%. quarter of the other shit, and the rest of it is St. Petersburg Square. Um, but he took him to the forest, uh, and, and as with Andre Pavlov, Sergei raped and strangled Andre Gulyayev, uh, and then Joe, after killing Andre, uh, Sergei, mm, Sergei cut off Andre's genitals, mm-hmm. severed his head, decapitated him, and removed all of his internal organs before he buried him. Uh, four days later, mm-hmm. after uh, Sergei murdered 12-year-old Andre Goyaev, uh, the corpse, Joe, of a 16-year-old boy was found in the Odintsovo district. Now, this body, Joe, uh, of the 16-year-old boy had 35 stab wounds inflicted upon it, and it was also dismembered. Uh, now, Sergei refused to take credit for this murder, and he actually denied it up until his death. However, a witness reported that the man he last saw with the victim, that would be the 16-year-old boy, mm-hmm. had a tattoo of a snake wrapped around a dagger, your typical Russian pirate. Uh, but... <laughs> He had a tattoo with a snake wrapped around a dagger with the word Fisher on it. It was later discovered, Joe, that the witness had made everything uh, of up. Course. Everything about it He's was probably complete. trying to nail somebody else to the cross well, for the crime that he didn't like. You know, probably somebody got into a brawl with at a fucking Russian pub. Yeah, or, <laughs> or, or, a, or a stepdad that was with his stepmom and was waxing that ass good. He was not a fan of it. <laughs> Uh, but he made everything up, but this actually resulted in Sergei Golovkin being dubbed the Fisher, as we, we've titled this episode. His street name, is, you know, his nickname, is, yeah. as most serial killers are one to have, is the Fisher of Moscow. But it's crazy, unlike the ones we normally do, Sergei's uh, title came from a false claim yeah of him having the word fisher on a a snake wrapped dagger tattoo that he didn't have 
But because of that, he was forever known and dubbed in Russian media as the Fisher. Now, due to all of the attention and news that happened around this time, Joe, Golovkin would wait almost three years before he actually murdered again. Yeah, so he didn't like the heat. He just was enjoying his fun and didn't want to get caught just no. yet. So, in 88, he purchased a beige a VAZ, a VAZ 2103 automobile that looks like <laughs> communism on fire. You know, and the, fu- the fu- right, so here's the fucked up thing. I wrote in the notes it looks like communism on wheels. <laughs> yeah. There was literally a source that that is lifted directly from, and I, I I'm telling you right now. You pause. are this class. This is the only vehicle you're allowed to purchase. VAZ literally, 2103. Literally pause this episode right now and Google VAZ. Victor Alpha Zeta 2103 automobile. And I, I looked at it. Holy shit. <laughs> it honestly, like, there were people it's, in some it, really bad. But is it better country. or is it better or worse than a Daewoo? <laughs> this honestly made a Daewoo look like a fucking Diamante. Oh god, Daniel. <laughs> yes. This I'm honestly like if you if you I mean Literally, sit down, no one's around, no sound, no clouded judgment, no one's around, there's no judgment. You start meditating on communism slash fascism as a vehicle, you will innately come up with the VAZ 2103. And the fact that it was beige... Which is argue beige is the most communist fascist color of all time. It is not quite white. It is not quite brown. It is beige. It is middle. It is exactly where you deserve. You know what's to be. funny? I'm actually pulling up the image because I hadn't seen the notes. And- Holy shit! Right. <laughs> right. Okay, so this actually looks like an older model BMW. Um, cause it has the box style roof and When she says windows. box, she means literally. It is a rectangle Geometrically type of a fucking square. There is no aerodynamics to no, this. No, no. You put this in a wind tunnel, the wind tunnel will collapse around this it. This is only going to, what, 10 hectares on a gallon of kerosene? Yeah, yeah. Put, put it in H. Put it in H. Uh, dude, I'm telling you. This is literally, there are a lot of hard right angles on this vehicle. You know, there's nothing aerodynamic no. about the VSZ2103 yet. Yeah. Hard corners. Don't you dare take it on the Autobahn. The, you'll either break the Autobahn or you'll break the car. Yeah, no, and it is funny that it was beige because it came in like bright blues and greens. But no, he went with well, beige. That was, that was for like upper party members. They oh could afford the, ba- the blue and the green. Oh my God. However, the, the normal street urchin in the USSR, you got it in beige or you got it in brown. And and beige was probably a luxury to some of those. They're like, what is that cream and brown mix? Take all of my rules. I know that VAZ is like the store brand of fucking crackers. Like, I mean, Dude. it is bottom basement. Holy Very shit. automobile zucky. <laughs> Sucky with a Z. But yeah, now, but, but Sergey, I mean, you know, back in this time period, 
that was a fucking accomplishment. You know, you're not a party member. Oh, yeah, but, I know. He's over here storing you, his car in a garage. Right. You're not a party member, but you were able to get your hand on a beige VAZ. You are fucking high class, <laughs> motherfucker. And yes, of course, we he assume. had to make sure he had a garage <laughs> yeah. to store this automobile. Uh, automobile <laughs> wunderkind uh, and uh, uh, he was while well, he's beginning construction on a basement I guarantee you most <laughs> people with a VAZ 2103 had a basement mm. and most of them probably were doing shit in that basement that was not kosher or up to even USSR snuff but yes Sergey was storing his car in the garage while construction uh, was going on on a basement uh, this basement in the garage was meant to be a workshop, but Sergei saw the possibilities of a dungeon for his sexual crimes. Now, what that means is that... This sounds like a fritzel. Yes, but what it means is that Sergei told all the appropriate common uh, party members, hey, I am simply building garage to house uh, sweet-ass VAZ-2103. And all of them went like, yes, brother. That model is beige. Take good care of. Uh, but Sergey was like, little do they know, I will be committing sexual crimes uh, in a dungeon slash fungeon uh, that I am disguising as part of my VAZ 2103 automobile collection. Uh, and Joe, starting in August of 91, Sergey actually killed Eight boys between the ages of 10 and 16 years old in this garage. Mm, Yeah, and on two separate occasions, he tortured, raped, and murdered two boys at a time. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 No, that's that lets you know the boxing design of the VAZ 2103, where (laughs) it is, it it has a lot, it has two cup holders, it has lots of legroom, and if you build shanty that will house you can kill two people at a time <laughs> and you know that's probably in the commercials <laughs> you know and sergey took it to heart joe but continue uh, with this quote from sergey yeah a quote from sergey is that um in 1990 i dug up the cellar where at first i was going to make a workshop but then i got the idea to use the cellar for sexual acts and crimes in the month of august of 1991 driving by in my car i saw at a bus stop a boy of about 10 who asked me to stop and give him a ride to the village gorky who was 10 in a fraudulent way i brought him to my garage where in the underground i committed no, my- no, sorry sorry to stop you the village was gorky 10 Oh, okay. I thought his name was no, Gorky. No, no, that was my fault because I put a period there yeah. after village was be a comma. It's the village of Gorky Tin. Okay, Gorky Tin. Um, in a fraudulent way, I brought him to my garage where in the underground I committed violent, <laughs> depraved acts with him in my mouth and anus. Then it, uh. it, then it closed me, and I did not understand my actions or what. Is that supposed to be, then it closed me? This is a direct quote from him. Okay. Uh, again, this motherfucker, Translate, thought, yeah. this motherfucker thought a VAZ 2103 beige <laughs> was worthy of building a garage. So that lets you know the mental capacities we're working here with. I killed him. Probably still pissing his bed the whole time. Oh, God. Yeah, I said it. Uh, I killed him, hanged, then removed his skin and dismembered the corpse. I salted his skin. I don't know why. 
Then I took the corpse in two trips to a forest near the Pollyanne Sanatorium and buried it there, end quote. Now, per uh, the... Now, now, tell me this. Uh, what, was the, what was the deal with salting him after the flight? There was, there's really no reason. More than it? likely, he was just experimenting. With things, right? Because I'm sure the boy at this point's dead. So yeah, and, yeah, he and, got and flayed now, again. If we were talking about someone that was cannibalizing all of his victims, I could see the salting and trying to preserve the meat after flaying. But he yeah. didn't. He he salted the boy, uh, the boy's uh, flayed skin, and then now if he was alive, it was maybe used more for additional torture because you know salt in an open wound. But if he was already but, but, dead, but, he was but, probably just experimenting well, yes, with what and, it would do. And per Sergey's quote, he had already killed him via hanging. Yeah, and okay. then did this after the fact, much like he had done where he had. Yeah, he then had, it was just experimentation. It was just cause and effect. Him wanting to know what would right. happen, essentially, probably fair play. Now, per the criminal case file about. The first murder that took place in the garage slash dungeon, Joe. Mm -hmm. It says, quote, after several violent sexual acts, Golovkin tied the teenager's hands and strangled him, throwing the rope and the noose through the step of a ladder. Then, having made sure of the death of the child, he hung him by a hook, mounted on the wall, cut off his nose and ears, severed his head, again we're talking about de uh, uh, decapitation, stabbed him in the body, cut out internal and genital organs with the help of anatomical knives and an axe, he dismembered the corpse cut out soft tissues, roasted them on a blowtorch and ate them. Parts of the body, except for the head, were taken to the forest and buried. The killer kept his severed head in the garage. He opened the skull, burned the brain with a blowtorch separated the soft tissues, and later showed the skull of Sergei P. to other victims that he brought into his garage dungeon for intimidation. So now Joe, as fucked up as that is, and that is extremely fucked up again, that was a direct quote about what Sergei Golovkin had done. This leads us up to finally a, a very murderous mistake. Mm -hmm. On September 14th of 1992, Sergei Golovkin tried to lure four boys at once uh, to his garage slash dungeon with the chance to rob a nearby warehouse uh, near the uh, Zavronki Railway Station. So he was trying to lure him in and saying, hey, uh, I want to rob this spot. You, you boys want to help me. Now, the very next day, so he had, he had pitched this idea to the boys and basically told them to come back the next day if mm -hmm. they wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, the next day, uh, out of the four boys, three out of four showed up, but the uh, fourth boy could not go with his friends. Mm -hmm. So the three remaining boys met with Sergei 
near uh, the uh, Zavaronki railway station and got into his car. Instead of robbing the warehouse, Joe, Sergey brought the three boys to nah, his... That's not going to seem suspicious, yeah. All right. right, but he brought three uh. boys to his house. Once the three boys were in Sergey's garage slash dungeon, Joe, mm-hmm. he raped, tortured, and killed all three of them. The last of the three boys was tortured and raped for 12 hours and then hung up in the dungeon alive while Sergei went off to work. Per Sergei, this is the direct quote from him, I told the three of them that along with them, there would be 11 boys in my account. I set the order by telling the children who would die for whom. I dismembered one before another's eyes while showing internal organs and giving anatomical explanations. The boy experienced all this calmly without hysteria. Sometimes he would just turn away. Yeah. So on October 5th of 1992, the corpses of the last three victims were discovered by mushroom pickers. And if you think it's funny that mushroom pickers in Russia found them, I'm with you there because <laughs> they could have just as easily been turnip. Uh, Not in uh, the pickers. forest. Turnip Vodka over- pickers. Oh my God. Ice block pickers. Oh God! Communism. Anyways, the boys had been dismembered and beheaded, and each body was burned to various degrees. Now, once the victims were identified, investigators visited their school and spoke with the fourth boy that could not accompany them. Right. So again, like we had said, so Sarah he left a witness to yeah, he had, the he communication. Had, he had talked to four. Yeah. Only three showed up the next day. So yeah. this fourth boy who couldn't accompany them. Ended up literally being the straw that broke the camel's back here, yeah. Joe. Yeah, and on October 19th of 92, uh, Golovkin was actually detained at this point. He was surprised by his arrest, but behaved calmly and denied all the guilt of the crimes. The investigators, um, uh, Kostaryov and, Kostaryov and Kostaryov Bakin. Bakin, decided to release Golovkin, um, but would continue to keep an eye on him. On, However... Uh, an on-duty policeman broke his this release order and placed Golovkin in solitary confinement for the evening. Right, they were going to release him. Uh-huh. But this other cat... He's like, uh, fuck was this. Police. Uh, maybe or not necessarily... There could have been a mix-up there. And, yeah. and because of <laughs> we what... We lost Golovkin, the paperwork. Because of the suspicion that Golovkin was brought in under, he may have thought this was the best case. But yes, he, he actually placed Golovkin in solitary confinement for the evening, Joe. Yeah. Um, now, after spending the night alone... In solitary, In by solitary, the way. Yes. Um, Golovkin asked to speak with the investigators once again. This is At this point, this is where he confessed to the triple murder. Yes. Of the so, three out of four boys, the fourth, of course, could not come. So the three boys that we were talking about earlier, he was trying to say, hey, we're going to rob this train station or whatever. 
that he had really fucked up. This is, these are the only ones he's confessing to, Joe. Yeah, yeah. The next day, his garage was searched, and investigators were shocked at what they found. What'd the, they find, Joe? The room was filled with tools for torture, including tongs, knives, and scalpels. A baby bath was found with a burnt layer of skin, blood, clothing, and body parts. Um, yes. At this point, he then confessed to a total of 11 murders and told investigators where they could find the remains of his vic- victims. Yeah. But during the investigation, Golf can behave calmly, monotonously, talked about the killings, and even joked about them sometimes. So he had no remorse. He was just... Pretty much just rattling it off as though it was fact only. So absolutely no remorse or guilt over his actions. Well, and again, we go back to the childhood aspect and and the things, the way they were. (coughs) For better or worse, I I think Golovkin realized, oh, this, the way I've been behaving is incorrect per everyone else's rules and yeah. everyone else's being, but I don't think I acted this way. Or he finally just got to the point where he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm ready to be done with this shit. Yeah. Maybe you he know, already had enough of a spun. He's like, fuck it. I'm already up the duff. So it's tough to, 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 yeah. to rationalize a mind like Sergey Golovkin, you know, yeah. God damn. If the guy was still alive, he'd probably still have shrinks galore. Wanting to fucking even have 30 minutes of a convo with him to, 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 to try to figure this shit out. You know, for most of us, this isn't going to make sense. Yeah. You know, we're not people like Sergey Golovkin. You know, we, yeah. we hear what he did. And we go, God damn, that's fucking terrible. But Golovkin, I don't think personally saw it that way. I think he knew what was expected of him from others purview. Uh, yeah. Which is why he why well, I mean, he confessed, he already, but he, he was had a still lot of very training calm. to hold. I mean, he's had a lot of training to hide his shame. What he do you mean lo- now? He had a lot of training. Uh, I mean, growing up, he was you know everybody thought that his parents were great. Uh, over there, he's holding the secret of the, the fact that he's getting the uh, you know the piss beat out of him. And then on top of well, that, yeah, for, then he for, has for, his for, urination problems. He's having to hold on that shame. So. He's just really good. Oh, and I'm sure shit, I'm man. sure uh, Mama and Papa Golovkin were were not very understanding about the enuresis. Um and, and I'm sure we're being very harsh to him about that. So again, it's it's one of those situations where like you can't excuse what the fuck he did. But you but can you, see it, it how totally it happened. makes sense why the fuck it led to what he did. Yeah, yeah. Without intervention, yeah, he went down the most clearly laid path that was in front of him. Right, you're his like childhood. Right, Sergey, you fucking you fucked up and did the shit, but goddamn, did you not have the perfect fucking storm? Yeah. Of uh, history on your side to to I won't say drive you to this, but at least to fucking lead you. Lead or cut a clear path, whether they, they yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna say that his mom and dad and those around him wanted him to do this shit, but if hindsight is 2020, dear God, all you guys did was just call a nice, clean path towards oh, yeah. this fucking absolutely uh, yeah. maniac behavior for him. Yeah, this is definitely like how to raise a psychopath 101. Right, and again, go back to listen to other episodes. You know, when we when we talk, I mean, most of your serial killers, mm. and again, this is, you know, this is motherfucking spread the dread. We ain't gonna talk about fucking Dahmer. We ain't talking about fucking Gacy or Bundy. The ones that everyone romanticizes because there is no romanticism when it comes to these motherfuckers. You, if you're really, if you honestly, if you talk to someone and they go, "Oh, Bundy's my favorite serial killer," 
You literally Fuck should. Off. You literally should thump that person in the nose and never talk to them again. They're fucking. They are fucking basic. You, yes, they are basic, basic white bitches. You are basic <laughs> bitches when it comes to this shit because the real shit we talk about it is dread. Yeah, it is absolute dread. And it the thing of it is, is that that's not even. I don't mean this in a bad way. It, it, that's not a knock towards Gacy or Bundy or Dahmer or any of the other mainstream ones. They absolutely deserve to be talked about, but the pop culture has taken a hold of them so much to the point where there's nothing for me and Joe to say. No. There's really not. Uh, most people Although, are going Although, again, I'll say, I'll say it again because the subject has came up before, is that I'm a big fan, not a fan of Gacy, but I'm very intrigued by Gacy's story and, like, the homoeroticism, the fact of, like, his, the era in which he grew up and having to, like, kind of hide his, his uh, homosexuality and how it kind of lets credence to, like, the crimes that he ended up committing. Him, in particular, I do, li- I would love one day to possibly cover, but it's going to be way down the line. Well, and, and I would say that's the same and way especially that... especially since there's actually new evidence still coming out about him. Yeah, but but I would say that, that that pertains to the same way that I view Dahmer. Because especially, like, with all the stuff about him as a kid, before yeah. he ever committed, you know, like, the My Friend Dahmer graphic novel yeah. and movie that was done about him... That to me is far more at this point in time is far more interesting than, than the, acts the actual he committed crimes. Yeah, because we've talked about the acts he's committed. Yeah, you want to know more about the, the real, foundation the, that yes, built if, that. Killer. If you want to get, if you want to be serious about Dahmer, you need to research everything that went into Dahmer before he ever killed mm-hmm. a fucking person, because that's the real intrigue. Once you know that stuff. And I hate to say it this way to minimalize it, and I don't mean it this way, but the actions he actually committed don't the even fuck. They're not even that far fetched once you realize his backstory. Yeah. Same way with Gacy. Yeah. You know, or Kemper. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we're big fans of Edmund Kemper, but yeah. he's another one, particularly since the Mind Hunter series on oh, and Netflix. A great series, fan fucking. Really need to read the book. You got me the book, and I still haven't got around to reading. Oh it, my, fantastic yeah, series! And I've heard nothing but great things about yeah. the book. And yes, I did yeah. buy it for you. But everybody now is Edmund Kemper's almost a new Dahmer, almost new Ramirez, a uh, 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 Gacy Bundy is Edmund Kemper because of that, but there, you really need to be listening to everything about Edmund Kemper before he ever committed a murder. And then a lot of the shit that Edmund Kemper actually did, again, we're not excusing it, but it makes much more sense. And that's almost the same thing you can apply to Sergei Golovkin. Yeah. You have Especially his behavior. Like, again, I'll repeat it. During the investigation, Golovkin behaved calmly monotonously talked about the killings and even joked about them sometimes. Yeah, so he was already so was he was he's no longer hidden and hiding behind it. He was just it was almost like he'd already detached himself from yep. the crimes crimes that he committed. And instead of harboring the guilt, he was just just eloquently sharing in the guilt. Like this is what I did and just being more matter of fact about it. And I think only the joking came with a coping mechanism that was only derived from his childhood. But it, but it makes sense, especially if you think about it in terms of a lot of the serial killers. That once they're found out, once it, once the jig is up, oh yeah, they're they're they're, they're very cooperative. Yeah, their personalities because, change. Uh, but but and, and that's not to say that suddenly they grew a conscience. 
they knew the whole time that from a normal person's perspective, what they were doing was wrong, incorrect, punishable, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. They didn't see it that way because they think of themselves not necessarily in a uh, grandiose fashion, but they consider themselves to be outside of the norms. They know what they are. Kemper knew what the fuck he was. Bundy knew what yeah. he was. To an extent, so did Dahmer. So and not did a misquote, but I really think that the... I want to believe that somebody at some point actually like statistically broke down that usually serial killers, I think like, uh, I want to believe it was the majority, had a higher level IQ in comparison to like the normal populace. Well, I would certainly think anybody who was a serial killer. So there might be an air of also superiority in that, oh, I'm finally letting you know exactly what I, you know, partook in because you wouldn't have been intelligent enough to figure it out. Well, there is certainly, I mean, obviously you've got, you've got people, you know, kind of hometown to us, like Pee Wee Gaskins, the motherfucker. And I don't mean this, uh, I'm going to say it. I don't give a fuck if you have a problem. The motherfucker was basically a step above a mentally retarded person. Pee Wee Gaskins was fucking on paper, fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, got away with it, whatever. Just fucking nuts. But then you can't have... we say retarded anymore? I'm saying retarded right now. Retarded, 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 retarded. I, I think it's oh stupid not God. to use retarded, but I was just, you know, just wanted to highlight that. It's not one of those That's things all. where I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to the Special I'm not Olympics. I'm not a gonna, goddamn word. Fuck off. I'm not going to Special Olympics and shouting the R word. No. But but someone like, as much as we had a lot of fun, and you guys seem to really enjoy talking about Pee Wee Gaskins, that motherfucker was retarded. He was fucking stupid. He got away with what he got away with, not because of his cleverness or his ingenuity, but... You sheer have goddamn luck, sheer really. Sheer goddamn stupid, retarded luck. Yeah. But then you have others like Gacy, Dom... Well, maybe not Dom necessarily, but for sure Gacy, Bundy... And a few of these other ones that were not stupid. They knew what the fuck they were doing. They also knew they that had it, strategy. They, they had plans. They they knew what the fuck they were doing. Well, they also knew that what they were doing did not jive with societal norms. Mm-hmm. That what they were doing, even though it made sense to them and it felt right to them, didn't make sense and feel that way to other people. But again, I fucking digress. That's the beauty of talking about serial killers. That's the beauty of spreading the motherfucking dread, Joe. <laughs> well, in closing, though, let's, let's, actually, get, let's, yeah. get, let's get back to Sergey yeah, Golovkin because I think Sergey was either so warped by his upbringing that it didn't matter, or he was smart enough to be like, okay, I know now that I've been caught, this is the shit you guys have problems with. Let's discuss it. Uh, but I, I don't know if Sergey actually. You know, he's a, he's a fence rider for me. I don't know if he was so low maintenance to where he thought everything was completely okay that he did, or that he was high enough elevated to say, hey, I know what I did per your view was wrong, but here it is. Yeah. So that leads us actually to the trial and execution. 
the trial was actually quickly closed due to Sergey's conf- uh, confession. Yeah, he didn't and deny shit. He was just no. fucking all about So he it. ended up putting everything on the express. And that they obviously they obtained the evidence and a psychological evaluation on him that actually declared Golovkin sane with signs of schizoid psychopathy. I would actually... I would hate to say this. No, no, expound. This is what I don't really think it was schizoid. I don't really believe that's the case. I think it was just psychopathy. It's psychopathy. All right. Well, now for most people, let's explain the difference between schizoid and psychopathy. Yeah, there's a there's a break in reality and perceived with with which one? In case I was interrupting, with schizoid. Yeah, schizoid. Schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah. There is a derivative. It's a root. So. Um, essentially, it's just a, a different like hallucinations, either auditory or visual. Um, dis, you know, complete dissolution between now, what to- reality and what a um, like a uh, I guess though you would say like a almost like a, a schizoid like session, like somebody who has uh, those tendencies has sessions, almost like an anxiety attack. They have like, these so- attacks. Of where reality is broken, and I don't think that's the case. So now, to to put it in layman's terms with a schizoid, that would be like me almost having two different personalities. A personality that was present and very aware when I would murder, and then another personality that had no idea about that. Almost like split personalities? So, no, no, not necessarily. It's actually a behavioral characteristic, and it's like when somebody tends to, like, avoid social activities and interacting with other people, um, and it's a characteristic, I believe, that's derived, I want to think, in either early like they're, they're children or like early teens, but it's like relatively young in life, but it's usually caused from something else. So it's usually kicked off by something else. But is, is schizophrenia a, a part of the, the multi-personality uh, spectrum or whatever? No, you will? no, there's no multiple personalities in schizophrenia. So explain. It's explain, a person explain, who has on, a hold brain. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And, and I'm not saying this because I, I, I want you to explain because I don't want to talk over you. But for the layman, I think a lot of us, particularly me, maybe I'm an idiot and I'm wrong. When we think of schizo, it does get wrapped up into the multiple personalities. So explain the difference there. Okay. Between a schizophrenic and someone who has multiple personalities. Somebody who has multiple personalities sometimes does is not even aware of the other personalities that they have. Okay. Or only some are aware of the other personalities. And a schizophrenic... Some of their personalities are aware of the other personalities. Yeah, there's usually a hierarchy involved. So if you have... If you have let's, I, I, and I'm just doing this to clarify it because you know what you're talking about. To an extent. I, I, well, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not being shitty. But, but, but me and a lot of the other ones don't. Mm. So you're saying, okay, if someone has 10 personalities, if they're schizo, some of the other personalities would nah, be... No, we're not wh- talking about schizo. We're not talking about schizo at all. We're talking about multiple personalities. A multiple personality disorder, you can have 10 different personalities, and there's a hierarchy okay, to those but let personalities. Okay, but let me pause you, because Sergey was declared sane with, sides, with signs of schizoid psychopathy. Psychopathy. Mm-hmm. So let's let's focus on the schizoid aspect of that because mm-hmm. I would think schizoid is a, a a term for schizophrenia. Am I cor- am I correct or it's wrong? A, no, it's a root term. It's a root term. So if someone is has schizoid, are they schizophrenic? No, 
Mm-mm. Okay, explain that then. Okay, because, so schizoid is, a, me, is a behavioral characteristic that can also be within a schizophrenic. The behavioral characteristic of schizoid is somebody who's kind of antisocial, doesn't like interacting with people, and he's usually derived from, you know, adolescence, childhood, sometimes <laughs> as a coping mechanism but now, of and, avoidance. And, and now I would, I would present to you, especially in, in this current day and age... Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds like someone, um, oh, where the fuck is the word? Antisocial? No, it's a word that applies to a lot of people nowadays. Uh, Oh, introverted. Not introverted or extroverted, It's, it's a condition. I don't know. Oh, Christ, this is You'll terrible. probably remember it after. <laughs> I'm going to remember it the moment we pass on. Uh, you know, someone that is considered to be... Uh, it's a... Oh, my God. It's a word that they use for so many people now. It's like one of the biggest mental illness things. Autism? Going. There we go. That's the autism. No. Uh-uh. So what's the difference there? And I'm asking this, uh, believe me, there may be three oh, baby, people listening. Baby, it's been so long that I, I don't know. But autism, you're, you're usually on a spectrum of like either uh, high, highly capable of right. interacting or you're on a low threshold where it's about you know, <coughs> self-inflicted violence. Because no for, for me, when I, when I read the term schizoid, I, obviously my first thought should be schizophrenia, correct? It's as, a, as a layman. Yeah, it's a root term. Yes, okay. it is a root term. Schiz, you know, schizo is a root term, and it usually is derived from the fact that somebody is is semi antisocial. Um, they don't like interacting with other you, people. Would you agree though that most lay people would think of schizo as someone with multiple personalities? I no, I don't think it's necessarily multiple. No, I, person- I mean for lay people. No, not even lay the, people. When I hear the term schizophrenic, I think of someone that's just fucking off the rails and got. 30 different brains going on no, in there. No, uh-uh. No, it's, it, it's schizophrenia. All right, so I'm the motherfucker. You hear that, <laughs> dreadheads? I'm the, I'm the cunt. <laughs> but, but go ahead and explain, because I, I swear to God, I, I don't think I'm alone. Uh, would, you, would, you, would you say that it's not from you, but could you understand where someone in the outside looking in would see the term schizo and think multiple personalities? I don't think so. All right, well then fuck off and explain (laughs) how I'm a piece of fucking shit. I'm not saying that. No, it's just schizophrenia is different than than multiple personality. Multiple personality is somebody who has a hierarchy of personalities. And uh, with schizophrenia, it's about auditory hallucinations, visual hallucinations, a complete division of reality when they go through these psychotic breaks. Okay, so someone with multiple personalities Okay, all right. I'm not even going to try to rationalize that. Dreadheads, I hope you got it. I think I'm getting it now. Okay, so so back, let's let's pull this back into Sergey yeah. Golovkin. Mm-hmm. Uh uh October the fi- the the psychological evaluation declared that he was saying with signs of schizoid psychopathy now. Regardless of what I think of schizoid psychopathy or anyone else, you're in a unique position. And I'll put this above most of your goddamn iHeartRadio suggested fucking podcast. I know my fucking boo here, and I know my boo's all about that goddamn shit. And if she says, well, it's this or this, 
she's not selling herself short. She's letting you know, hey, there's a lot of horse shit that people fucking try to placate into it. Now, Joe, from your education with a bachelor's in sight and your common sense rationale, explain to us what they mean when they declare that, that Golovkin was sane with signs of schizoid psychopathy. So they're not saying that he was completely disillusioned by his, like his actions, but that he had these behavioral characteristics. So he knew what he was doing, but he didn't think it was wrong? No, he just didn't give a shit. Wrong or right, he said, hey, I'm going to do this. And internally, he was able to rationalize it wrong or right. Yeah, he just wanted to do it. So, but, but, but now he could, would, would he have been able to have thought that he was on the correct side of his assumption? Or, or did he just straight not care? I don't think he cared. Well, I'm talking about textbook. That's now. what I'm saying. Uh, by textbook, so, I don't so believe could it the, So could the definition of schizoid psychopathy be one or the other or both? Where, hey, he didn't know but didn't care, or he knew and also didn't care, or he, whatever, he or a combination. He, no, he knew and he didn't care. He knew what he was doing. That's why there was a, a level of shame to it, or he would have been, um, he wouldn't have went through the links of actually hiding the bodies. He had been more about the trophies than anything else. Which, which makes sense because obviously he wasn't just he wasn't just putting fucking flayed and decapitated boy bodies on his front lawn. Yeah, so he there, knew there was an he knew aspect what, of him hiding it. He knew it was wrong, but he was well trained in adolescence to hide his shame. That's all I'm saying. Was that parental? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that is that is nature versus nurture. Yeah, it's complete wet cement theory. He All is right, everybody learning. got your cocaine and fucking love on your pink Freud shirts. <laughs> there we go, right? <laughs> uh, but but let's move on because yeah. we focused on. But I did want to bring that up because and and and, I'm, and anyone who listens to the podcast knows my my Joe's fucking smart. My Joe's fucking smart. And sometimes I ask you, no, fuck that. Sometimes, sometimes I ask you shit that we never talked about prior, and I kind of put you on the spot, and that's the way this you is. You always put me on the spot. I, I do, I because, uh, well, a lot of this stuff s- tends to come up in my mind, because I'm also not a dumbass as much as I like to portray no, myself. Yeah. But when we're discussing it, it comes up, you know, the, the alcohol's flowing, we're talking, and things like that, and... That's why this podcast is the best fucking podcast out there, and we don't need iHeartRadio to tell you otherwise. Uh, so let's move on to this, show to, to October 19th of 1994. Yeah, Sergey was then sentenced to Sergey. death. God damn it. See, you, you give me credit for being intelligent, and I still can't for, fucking pronounce you are the same in, word. You are intelligent, but I don't know why you hate gay people named Sarah. <laughs> It's Sergey. I know. But yes, 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 yes. On October 19th, 1994, Joe, go ahead. Sergey was sentenced to death, and after failed appeals, Golovkin was executed by a single shot to the back of the head on August 2nd of 1996. He was the last person to be executed by Russia before the abolition of capital punishment. So, again, as, as Joe just stated, the topic of this conversation, Sergei Golovkin was, in fact, the last person to be executed by Russia before the abolition of capital punishment. That is Sergei Golovkin, the Fisher of Moscow. And, Joe, we're at the end of this episode. Yes. 
I think this was a great episode, and and for everyone who listens... Second I, goddamn week back, motherfuckers. What? <laughs> Our second week back. Yes, yeah. yes, that yes. That feels good. Yes, after Peter Scully, and yeah. this is a much more easier one to deal with than Scully. Yeah. If you haven't listened to Peter Scully, oh, backtrack, say your Buckle prayers, up, eat bitches. your vitamins, and pray to the Hulkamanias and all that other stuff and fucking make yourself happy. But yes, Sergei Golovkin, the Fisher of Moscow. We're at the end of this episode. I think this is a great episode. And everybody knows, I I mean, if you listen to this episode with any kind of regularity, you know, I'm not a dumbass, but I am married to my co-host who is way <laughs> smarter, particularly when it comes to to psychological stuff with, with uh, the these people. So I like to press you on that. It's not to catch you in anything, even if you're wrong. You're way closer to the truth than I am. So I enjoy doing that on, on especially people like Sergey Golovkin that had so much pre-murder um, trauma, trauma yeah. built into himself, which again, you go back and listen to any of our other episodes, we're talking about serial killers, almost all of them, and when I say almost, I mean like 98, 99%, had the pre-built-in trauma that just yeah. set the fucking shit up. Yeah. Uh, that's not an excuse. That's just to let you know that, you know, hey, warning, warning, danger, Will Robinson. Um, so that's why I like to bring it up with you because, you know, you've studied psychology. You've been a big fan of psychology. You but do I do make mistakes because it's been 10 years since I got that degree. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, Freud fucking snorted enough cocaine to fucking put down Killed a fucking a herd of llamas. So yeah, fucking Clydesdale. If you don't think he didn't fuck up, trust me, <laughs> they just didn't print those parts <laughs> of his history. Joe, how did you enjoy talking about Sergei Golovkin, the Fisher of Moscow? I enjoyed it. I really did. I I just like being back in the swing of shit. So, and it's Absolutely. been a I I tend to get into it a lot more when I've done the research, but I could get into this one. Well, most of the research is going to be done by me now because of how busy you are, mm-hmm. and I did 100% of the research on Peter Scully, which now now Joe knew a lot about this plot, yeah, about we, Peter we Scully knew about prior, story, yeah. uh, but you knew nothing about Sergei Golovkin no, before I, no I did this research, Mm-mm. which is why I wanted to, to propose some of the psychological things to you mm-hmm. while we were talking about him, because I thought that that would be, even though it's off the cuff, and I, I was in no way trying to make you... Uh, look intellectually inferior because anybody who listens to this podcast knows that's not the goddamn case. Uh, I, I did want to propose that to you because because you're busy with school, you you couldn't do the research yeah. and stuff like that. But Sergey Golovkin is certainly uh, someone that can definitely have a lot of psychoanalysis applied to him. A lot more than what we were capable of doing. I'd have to lo- know a little bit more information. I'd you need more details. If as far you don't as think study. I did an insane <laughs> amount of research, I on meant this seeing his psyche valve. I'm meaning seeing his psyche valve. I didn't pull that up, and he's Wait, dead he now. His psyche valve was literally sprayed. I don't over know the if they fucking... have HIPAA, but I don't think you can actually pull a psyche. I don't valve. know what HIPAA was when it came to concerning <laughs> people getting their brains sprayed. It's essentially out in the just back. Per- it protects people's. I know medical... what HIPAA is. I'm yeah. talking about Ruski hippo when they're just like eh, we care about him put gun barrel to back of head and pool yeah i have no idea uh, uh, but but again i thought that was a, a great thing to do here and again dreadheads we both hope you fucking loved it i think a lot of you don't know who sergey golovkin is this is why we do what we fucking Obscure. do mm-hmm. so again 
Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode about Sergei Golovkin, the Fisher of Moscow. And make sure you tune in next week for the four-week series in honor of Black History Month here in America about the most prolific black-slash-African-American serial killers where we kick it off with Samuel Little. Joe, you got anything else to say? No. Nope. Nope. Did you have a good, a lot of fun this time? Yes, I did. I had a fucking blast, and let's end it like always by saying, Dreadheads, I'm John. And I'm Joe. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast, no matter if you're listening morning, noon, or night. In the words of our man, Jack Torrance. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?